This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. New variant of COVID was found in South Africa earlier this week. The country identified about 100 cases of the new variant. Reuters News Service says more tests are going to be needed to confirm if it's more transmissible, infectious, and how it may escape vaccines. The news made an impact on the grain markets on Friday during the shortened trading session. Standard Grain President Joe Vaklovic said the market had a knee-jerk reaction to that new COVID story. This could be a one-day deal or this could be something that lasts weeks, if, if not months. I mean, you remember even in spring of 2020, the whole COVID panic in regard to the markets lasted all of, what, four weeks maybe, five weeks before the, the government intervened and, and everything was off to the races again. So uh, how long will they let this, if this continues, how long do they let it continue before they uh, they turn the QE back on and, and go back to, to zero rates for the foreseeable future type talk? There's Policy is, is a lot of this these days. Grain markets have been watching Australia's wheat harvest closely for yield and quality issues. Corn Belt Marketing market analyst Larry Clay said the quality of Australia's wheat could impact the corn market. It may actually be a little bit challenging in the corn situation if, if some of that becomes feed wheat around the edges. But having said that, it does bring them back to the United States uh, and the protein levels that we have here. But, you know, we're still the seller of last resort, it seems like. Uh, but the positive news is, you know, we're sitting here with $8 wheat, uh, Minneapolis over 10, the spring wheat. So, I mean, we've got a, we've got a wheat market that's been on fire. And, and a, pro, a day of profit-taking isn't going to be that damaging. U.S. Department of Energy will release 50 million barrels of oil from the nation's strategic petroleum reserve to address high gas prices and supply and demand challenges. Total Farm Marketing Senior Market Advisor Naomi Bloom said the crude oil market anticipated this announcement last week. January crude last week um, you know, had been up near the, the $82 mark and then yesterday got as low as $74.76, but today we're trading higher. The reason we're trading higher is because while 50 million barrels does sound like a lot, in September, the Americans used an average of just over 20 million barrels a day. So this release of strategic reserve is actually only the equivalent of about two and a half days worth of supply. So once the numbers came out today and trade actually stopped to think about it, we're rallying on the news. Any shortfall of Australian milling wheat could send buyers to the U.S. Global Commodity Analytics and Consulting President Mike Zuzlo says, and it's not just Australia. It's also Canada and other countries, not to mention what we're dealing with here in our hard red wheat belt for this current uh, just planted wheat crop and getting drier and drier by the week. And long-term models, uh, when we came back in Friday morning, continue to show very little precipitation for Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas hard red wheat belt. Number of cattle and calves on feed total 11.9 million head as of November 1st, slightly below a year ago. Placements 2% higher than November of 2020. Marketings were down 5%. The on-feed total was down 16% in Minnesota, up 2% in South Dakota. Placements were down 17% from a year ago in Minnesota, down 12% in South Dakota. Marketings are down 7% in Minnesota and down 15% in South Dakota. That's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan.
Through their investment in the Minnesota Corn Checkoff, corn farmers are supporting university research to develop biodegradable corn plastics that would replace oil-based plastics. Using Minnesota-grown corn to create a better plastic delivers not only environmental benefits, but a huge potential new market for our state's corn crop, boosting demand and on-farm profitability. Want to learn more? See how your Minnesota Corn Checkoff investment is at work for you at mncorn.org. World Weather Incorporated Senior Meteorologist Drew Lerner is your trusted source for agricultural weather. From the Northern Plains, we will see a little pocket of additional cooling taking place in the northeast corner of North Dakota and northwestern Minnesota. To South America, it looks like Argentina will be dry for a few more days, and Brazil will see scattered showers and thunderstorms benefiting many crop areas. Drew Lerner, only on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. With a look at this weekend news, I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. In Bismarck on Monday, EPA Assistant Administrator Radica Fox and Army Corps of Engineers Acting Assistant Secretary for Civil Works Jamie Pinkham took input on the Waters of the United States rule. The Waters of the United States is being redefined again. South Dakota Farmer and American Farm Bureau Federation Vice President Scott Vanderwall calls it regulatory whiplash and, and it's very disconcerting. This isn't a new issue for agriculture. American Soybean Association Director of Government Affairs Ariel Weigard told the EPA soybean farmers are frustrated with the cycle of regulation and litigation. A durable and certain definition is important for WOTUS. Farmers should not have to ask EPA or the Army Corps every time they want to plow or move dirt on their farms. Uh, we agree with the Farm Bureau that the rule should not use the significant nexus test. Uh, we were disappointed to see it pop up in the proposed rule last week. We consider the SIGNEX test to not be jurisdictional. Last Thursday, the EPA and Army Corps of Engineers released a proposal that reinstates the WOTUS definition from before 2015 and replaces the Trump administration's Navigable Waters Protection Rule. A 60-day comment period will take place shortly. The EPA will consider comments from that and then propose a final rule. EPA Assistant Administrator Radica Fox says the EPA is trying to find common ground. We want to get it right, and we think that we can. I think we can get to a definition that can hopefully withstand administration Changing. NDFB President Darrell Lease isn't sure. They say they're going back pre-2015 rule. Well, never did she rule out that they're going back to pre-2015 rule with adjustments that may not. You know, it's one thing to say you're going back to pre-2015 rule. Okay, are you just going back there and you're not doing the exact same thing that the 2015 WOTUS rule was? In 2022, the EPA plans to host 10 regional roundtable listening sessions to get more feedback on WOTUS. North Dakota Grain Grower Association Executive Director Dan Wogsland is hopeful the agencies continue to engage well with stakeholders in that process. I'm guardedly optimistic, uh, Kara. This is a big issue, and uh, it seems like it's uh, it, it's a little bit bigger than where we're at today, that's for sure. Farmers and ranchers may have to wait until the new year for additional drought aid from the USDA. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack tells the Red River Farm Network there's a two-step process to implementing the disaster aid. This includes the 2020 and 2021 WIP Plus program and the new disaster aid for livestock producers. To the extent that this uh, $10 billion uh, of uh, investment that the Congress 
has directed us to make can be funneled through existing programs and funneled with existing data. We will try to get that done relatively quickly. The House passed President Biden's Build Back Better bill last week with a 220 to 213 vote. The Senate is expected to consider the bill after Thanksgiving break. This bill includes more than $87 billion in total agricultural spending in the next 10 years. The U.S. and Mexico signed a plan to move forward with a rulemaking process allowing American producers to export fresh potatoes to all of Mexico. This follows a decision made seven months ago when Mexico's Supreme Court ruled in favor of U.S. producers to allow fresh potato access beyond the first 16 miles of the U.S.-Mexico border. Minnesota Governor Tim Walz is back after a week-long trade trip to the United Kingdom and Finland. Agriculture trade was one of the priorities for this trade mission. Minnesota Agriculture Commissioner Tom Peterson and representatives of the corn, dry bean, soybean, and wheat industries were on the trip. When complete, the Peltier Complex will be North Dakota State University's largest academic facility. A groundbreaking and naming ceremony took place last Friday. Proceed President and General Manager Keith Peltier said this facility is an investment in value-added agriculture. It's a, it was a great opportunity to honor my dad, who you know, spent his life promoting agriculture in North Dakota. Be part of a facility that's going to have such an impact on the state and the region. You know, the Peltier Complex can house Northern Crops Institute, the Trade Institute, Cereal Science, Food Science, Meat Science, and then the potato guys are going to be in there too. Construction for that new facility will begin in spring 2022. That's a look at news this week in agriculture. I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. Spring wheat growers have a new option for superior straw strength and increased economic returns, the A.P. Smith variety from the AgriPro brand. Available for spring planting, A.P. Smith has shown impressive performance in trials across the northern plains, delivering a combination of high protein and high yields with very good bacterial leaf streak tolerance. And A.P. Smith stands strong against lodging. Call your local AgriPro associate today to find the right seed for your acres. Find agronomic and performance data and a list of AgriPro associates at agriprowheat.com. Before I started working as a soil scientist. Before I became a systems engineer, I found out science is cool. I did my first lab experiment in 4-H. In 4-H. You never know when a spark will ignite the imagination. That's why 4-H is fostering one million new scientists and engineers for America's future workforce with the help of companies and universities around the country. One million new scientists. One million new ideas. Learn more at 4-H.org. With a look at this week in weather, I'm Kara Hart for the Red River Farm Network. First crop soybeans are off to a good start across much of Brazil. Ag consultant Corey Melby says it's the opposite of last year. Just 180 degree difference from uh, last year at this time. Uh, good rains throughout the whole Sahado, even in some points too much rain. Uh, ground uh, sprayer rigs are even having trouble navigating in a few fields in Mato Grosso. So uh, a big change year over year, but the uh, crop is off to a good start. Melby thinks some of the early season soybeans will be harvested by Christmas or shortly after, and it will be record large. Easily, I think, uh, given how the crop grew last year under uh, stress, um, now we have, you know, rain makes grain. Uh, unless somebody wants to talk about lack of sunlight or something like that, you know, but I think that's a minor issue. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a whopper of a crop, uh, 100, 145 million ton plus, I think, uh, using 
using last year as, a, as an analog for increase. The weather forecast for Argentina and Brazil calls for a good mix of rain and sun in the next week to 10 days. World Weather Incorporated is keeping a close eye on Argentina due to the warm temperatures and many days of drying between rain events. Net drying is expected across southern Brazil and Argentina, which could bring crop stress. Back up here in the northern plains, farmers near Minot are wrapping up field work. Here's Dakota Agronomy Partners Agronomy Sales Representative Hunter Schreiner. We got a few guys going on corn yet and maybe a few flowers left out on the countryside, but for the most part, harvest is pretty well wrapped up in this area. Um, we got some field work going on. Um, our guys are out doing a little bit of spreading, and I got a few guys who are doing their own spreading right now, just trying to get as much done as they can here this fall. And we've had a really, really good fall spreading so far, so next spring should be a little bit uh, less of a workload for us anyway. While fertilizer costs are higher, Shriner says supplies remain good. And I'm kind of a breeze. I mean, the price is obviously not where anybody wants it to be, but that's just the nature of the beast this year. Supplies should be pretty good on most everything. Um, there might be a few things that will get a little tight, but for the most part, I think we'll be have the same supply things that last year. Um, I wouldn't say we'll have anything extra from last year, but price-wise, most things are going to be up a little bit, as you would about imagine. The U.S. Drought Monitor continues to show a decline in the dry conditions across the northern plains. On the national map, 65% of the country is in some form of drought, 17% of the country in a D3 or D4 drought. The driest conditions continue to be in the southwest, west coast, and Montana, where D4 drought conditions are prevalent. Coming off of a drought year, Pioneer Field Agronomist Jesse Mock says there are things to be aware of going into next season. Thankfully, we've, we've caught these late rains here, um, so we're actually set up for a pretty normal spring. You know, so just some of the biggest things coming off of a drought, as far as soybeans, um, you know, I, there's really not, not a whole lot to look out for. There are going to be some increased nitrates uh, in, the, in the old corn ground. All that nitrogen get, didn't get used up. So when you look at iron chlorosis being increased because of higher nitrates, that's a possibility. Uh, you could have big, growthy beans with a bunch of nitrogen. So, you know, white mold becomes a washout at those issues. So those are probably the two ones when we look at soybean uh, heading into next spring. While the recent rains and snow have helped the topsoil, subsoil moisture is still a concern. But the good thing is, you know, some of these guys that are still doing like subsoil cores, um, they're still finding some dry soil down there. So I'm hoping we keep, you know, keep leaching this through and, I, we we robbed that soil bank pretty hard, so um, hopefully it keeps leaching down and, and really replenish that. That's a look at this week in weather. I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. The 2021 tax year is quickly coming to an end. Now is a great time to meet with a tax professional to see if there are any final opportunities your farming operation can capture. At Egg Country Farm Credit Services, our team of tax experts specialize in all aspects of agriculture and tax policy. When you're ready to review your finances, turn to the experts in every field at Egg Country Farm Credit Services. Don't miss the dry bean scene every Friday on the Red River Farm Network. Specialty crop markets are special and require more digging than corn, soybeans, or wheat. We do that digging by talking to numerous crop scouts, growers, and processors in the North Harvest region and wherever beans that affect local markets are grown. So follow the dry bean scene every Friday at 1235 on this Red River Farm Network station. The dry bean scene brought to you by the North Harvest Bean Growers Association.